Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. To those of you I haven't met before, hello, my name's Danny. I'm one of the pastors at Gateway and it is so great to be with you here at Ormo this morning. And I get the privilege of continuing our summer Psalm series. And over the last couple of Sundays and over the next couple of Sundays, we are going to be unpacking and looking at uh, different Psalms from the book of Psalm. And this morning, I'm going to unpack uh, some of Psalm 18 for us. But before we get into uh, the text this morning, I want to ask you a question. What rules or values did you have in your family growing up? I always found this a really fascinating uh, concept to talk about with friends as we were growing up and even now as adults as we reminisce on our childhood and the different ways that we were raised. What rules uh, or values did you have in your home growing up? If your parents now, maybe you can think about the rules or values that you have in your own home. Now, growing up, I'm the eldest of three girls, and we had a bunch of rules, my parents like to call them values, um, that we had to follow. And the first one was that we had to share. Sharing was a really important value uh, that my parents tried to teach us. It meant sharing our toys, it meant sharing um, our snacks. We had to share uh, often. We had to be uh, joyful when we shared, even though a lot of the time we didn't feel like it. We also had a rule that every time we were either going to bed or going to leave the house or leaving the car, we always had to say, I love you. My uh, mum had heard a story of someone that didn't get the chance to say I love you to a family member before they had passed away. And so my mum made it a rule that every time we got out of the car to go to school, every time we went to bed, we always had to say I love you. And it became a habit and we said it genuinely, but there were also times where we had to grit our teeth. You know, when you're kind of really annoyed at your siblings and they're leaving, you're like, I love you. We had many times like that, but that was a rule in our house. We had to say, I love you. We also had rules around the TV shows and the movies that we could watch. Anyone else have that growing up? Yeah. Uh, I found that I had, my parents had some different standards to some of my friends at school. And when I was a kid, that seemed really unfair. Now I'm really grateful for the way they parented in that. But the show Simpsons was banned in the Williams household. And so if it got to 6 p.m. and channel 10 was on, we always had to change the channel. My dad really didn't appreciate the way that Bart Simpson spoke to his father and thought that that would rub off on us. And so that show was just not allowed. We also weren't allowed to watch or read any of the Harry Potter series. Uh, That was a big rule in our house as well. And it was quite different from some of those that I grew up with, but it was one of those things that if we went to a sleepover, my parents would always say, by the way, they're not allowed to watch The Simpsons or Harry Potter. There was also a long list of others, but they were rules in our house. We also had rules around language. So there were a whole lot of words that were off limits uh, that we weren't allowed to say. And uh, some more common amongst families than others, but we got threatened with the, you'll get a cake of soap in your mouth if you use these particular 
words. We uh, had those rules and values to follow. And one of the other ones, one of the values that my parents taught us, or was a rule, was that we always had to use our manners. Common sense, right? If you're raising your kids, you want to encourage them to use their manners. And so saying thank you was really important in my household. I'm really grateful that my parents instilled that in me. And uh, as I was growing up, we were always told to say thank you. Someone gave something to us, we'd respond, thank you. Mum and I had put dinner on the table, we would always say thank you. In fact, before I could even use proper words, I wasn't given something until I said ta. I think that, like, it doesn't count as a word, but it would have been one of my first. We were uh, given and taught this value of saying thank you and meaning it, being grateful for what we had been given. And I didn't realize growing up that that wasn't necessarily something that was taught in every household. We got in trouble if we didn't say thank you. And yet when I went to school, I remember my report card saying things like, Danielle has uh, beautiful manners, or I appreciate the way Danielle says thank you. And I remember reading it as a kid, not thinking too much of it, but being like, that's weird that that's what the teacher's going to comment on. But then I grew up a little, and I became a teacher myself, and I noticed that not everyone said thank you. In fact, I'd be handing things out in the classroom or I'd do something for a student and sometimes I'd get no response at all. I taught grade six, so sometimes it was just a grunt uh, from the pre-teens that I was teaching. But I realized really quickly that saying thank you wasn't a value for everyone. And as I've kind of gone about my adult life, I've come into contact with others that I realize don't always say thank you to. And when I reflect on that, it reminds me of the importance of me saying thank you at all times. And I'm, like I said, I grew up and I'm in the habit of doing it most times, but sometimes there are instances where I can take things for granted and it doesn't even cross my mind to say the words thank you. And giving thanks or thanking someone for something is really important. You know, if you continually go out of your way for your friends or maybe a coworker, and you never hear a thank you in reply, how's that gonna make you feel? I can imagine that after a while, you'd probably feel a bit annoyed, maybe a bit bitter, that you're going out of your way for someone and the least that they could do is say thank you, but those two words don't even come out of their mouths. It's the same in a marriage. I imagine that if I just removed the word thank you from my vocabulary and every time Richo made me a coffee in the morning or did something around the house or helped with the dishes or um, went out of his way to do something or just did something that may be quite regular in the house but I didn't stop to say thank you, I can imagine that he would become quite annoyed. They'd probably feel hesitant to go about doing those things regularly because it sounds like I don't even care. Sometimes we can just get too busy to say thank you. We get too busy uh, going about life, going from one thing to the next, that we don't stop and give thanks for what's going on around us. Sometimes we don't say thank you because we might be too uh, focused on ourselves and our uh, interests and what's going on for us that we don't necessarily think that someone's gonna even need to hear a thank you from us. 
Or we might do it because we're entitled. We think we deserve whatever's happening, and so we don't even think that we need uh, to say thanks. And often it's not intentional. We don't go about our day-to-day life not thanking uh, the person at the checkout or um, the guy behind the counter, but we can just get so busy in doing that it doesn't uh, even cross our mind. Now, I'm really grateful for my parents for instilling this habit of thankfulness in me, that most of the time I remember to say thank you when I'm given something or if something happens. But as I've grown up, I've realized that that habit is in great practice when it comes to people that I'm around, but often I'm slow to thank God for what he has done and what he is doing in my life. In fact, I can get so busy that I move on to the next thing, that I bring before him the next prayer request, that I go on doing or serving or uh, you know, ticking off what's on my to-do list, that I don't stop and say thank you to God for what he has done. If there's not, you know, for me, if there's a personal person in front of me, it's a reminder to say thank you to them when they've given something to me. But because I don't necessarily see God in the things that he is doing in and through my life in a physical sense, I can lose track and I know that I can be slow to thank God. I can focus on what's happening around me, what's happening in my life, and I can just get caught up in doing things out of my own strength or out of my own um, response to -to day-to-day life that I forget to slow down and say thank you. And it's been one of the things that I've been challenged by as I step into a new year. One of the habits that I wanna create is being more aware and creating a habit of giving thanks to God of taking the time to stop, look up, and reflect, and thank God for all that he is doing, and all that he has done and is going to continue to do. When was the last time you stopped to thank God for what he has done, or what he has given you? Now we can all agree in this room, whether you've been a Christian a really long time, whether you are exploring faith, whether you've been asking questions and you've been thinking of giving up on God, we can all agree that gratitude is important, that thankfulness is important. And my hope as we unpack a psalm today is that we will be challenged and encouraged with the habit of thanksgiving to God with the habit of giving thanks to God for who he is and what he has done. That it won't be something that just slips our minds or we get too busy to stop and do, but we will be challenged in our day-to-day lives in 2022 to have an intent of thanksgiving, to create a habit of thanksgiving. In fact, scripture commands us to give thanks. There are dozens of examples of people stopping and giving thanks to God in all different seasons and circumstances in life. In fact, the Psalms itself is full of commands and encouragement to give thanks. And some of them also then go on to say why. In uh, Psalm 160, uh, 136 verse three, it says, give thanks for his love endures forever. In Psalm 118, it says to give thanks because he is good. In Psalm 100, it says to give thanks because his mercy is everlasting. 
And today we're going to have a look at Psalm 18. And Psalm 18 is known as a thanksgiving psalm. The psalms uh, have often been categorized into different groups uh, because of their content and what's in them. And this psalm is a psalm of thanksgiving. And it's also known as a royal psalm uh, because it was written by King David. And in Psalm uh, 18, I believe that there's going to be a challenge for us and an encouragement for us as we look at this psalm today. And it's actually one of the longest psalms. And I promise you that we are not going to go through all 50 verses today because we'd be here until next Sunday. Uh, We are actually only going to unpack the heading and the first three verses, but I want to encourage you this week to spend some time reading through this psalm, to be encouraged by David's words. And uh, if you have a Bible or the Bible app with you, I encourage you to open to Psalm 18 so you can have the words in front of you. They'll also come up on the screen as we go through it today. Now, David wrote this psalm after a season of tests and trials. We can read about David's story in 1st and 2nd Samuel. And uh, this story happens after, uh, sorry, this psalm is written after David has been through a whole lot of uh, trials in his life. He's been on the run from a guy called Saul who was out to kill him. David writes this psalm of thanksgiving. And uh, similar words are also recorded in 2 Samuel 22. And it's not identical wording, but David again uh, brings before his thanks and his praise to God. And like I said, we're only gonna go through the first couple of verses, but I just wanna quickly give you an overview of what happens in Psalm 18. The first three verses are an introduction of praise. It's what we're gonna unpack today. Verses four to 19 are a narrative of God's saving acts. Then 20 to 29 are a passage of instruction in which personal, uh, a personal righteousness of the psalmist provides guidance for the reader. We are here more about what David has been through and his story. Then in the last uh, section, it goes on to describe the victory over enemies in which David's commitment to God serves an example, as an example to those reading it. And it concludes with a, a few verses of praise to God. Now we're going to start by looking at David's intent, and we can read about what David's intent is from the heading of this psalm. It's not listed as a verse, but it's listed as a heading, and this is what it says in my Bible uh, in the NIV from chapter 18. For the director of music, of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said... David's intent in this psalm was to give thanks. The words of this song were written for the Lord who had delivered David from the hands of his enemies. His intent was thanksgiving. He wrote this psalm to God. And we can see that in the 50 verses that follow, that David uh, brought before God this song of thanks, these words of thanks. He had been through a really challenging time, yet he had seen the strength of God in his adversity and he stopped to thank God. He had an intent of thanksgiving. David wrote this psalm after years of running from Saul. David had lived years as a fugitive, and to some he had lost everything. 
He had lost his safety, his family, his career, his rights, and his comforts. And even at times, he felt like he had lost his close relationship with God. But despite all of that, he remained steadfast to the Lord, and God, in his timing, delivered David. And David stopped, and he took a moment to thank God, and he wrote the words of this psalm. David's response to the situation that he had been through was one of praise and gratitude and thanksgiving. It came from experience and his testimony of all that he had walked through, a season of tests and trials. He had seen God at work and he took the time to craft these words as a thanksgiving to God. What does it look like for us to walk through 2022 with an intent of thanksgiving, to stop, to look up, and to give thanks? What are you thankful for right now? In this moment, what are you thankful for in God's character, and what are you thankful for in what you have seen him do in your life? David had experienced some really hard times, And we too, as people, walk through seasons of tests and trials. We walk through really difficult times, yet God is always faithful and he is always at work. And we too can bring our thanks to him. Now we can read in the Psalms that David also brought his requests before God. David cried out in prayer in many different seasons and situations. In many different trials that he faced, he cried out to God, asking to see God at work, asking for breakthrough. We too can have an intimate relationship with God where we bring before Him our requests, where we bring before Him the things that are going on in our lives. But David also stopped to give thanks. I know for me, I can go too often from one prayer request to the other that I forget to stop and thank God that he answered the last one and the thousands before that. David stopped to give thanks and Psalm 18 is a great example of that. I believe that we can be challenged by David's intent in this Psalm. His intent was thanksgiving. And I also believe we can be encouraged by his content. So we're gonna look at the first three verses. And uh, these verses are full of metaphors. They're full of word pictures of David describing who God is to him. I actually think it's a really beautiful picture that David builds for us of who God is to him. So let's have a look at those first few verses. It says in verse one, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. How many describing words are in there of how David sees God? He has seen God deliver him from his enemies. He has walked through a really testing season and he is stopping to give thanks and to declare who God is for him. You know, what I'm encouraged by in this is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God was this to David. 
God is this to us too. David describes God as his strength. He considers God to be the source of his strength, that God is the one who endures even when David might feel like he's reached his own personal limit. God empowered him to survive against his enemies. How has God been your strength in this last year? David says that God is his rock. A rock is a symbol of strength, of reliability, of faithfulness, a hiding place. It's a common image for God as a place of safety and a rock is an unshakable foundation. How has God been your rock in this last year? He goes on to describe God as his fortress, again, a place of security, similar to that of an isolated place in the mountains, a place of protection, a deliverer. David is describing God as the one who helps him in his time of need. How has God been your fortress and your deliverer in the seasons that you have walked through? He says that God is his shield and a shield protects so that the adversities of life don't penetrate or destroy. It's a description of God as protector. A shield is often used to protect the heart. What does it look like for God to be your shield? Another description he uh, uses is that God is his horn. And this is another symbol of strength. Animal horns uh, back in those days were, had connotations of military victory. It was a description of God's power and victory against the challenges that David had faced. And he describes God as his stronghold. Again, a place of refuge, often a high tower where he could be protected. How has God been your horn and your stronghold? in the seasons that you have walked through. Every single one of these word pictures communicates unmovable, sure, dependable, and secure foundation. God not only has the power to sustain us, but he is faithful to his character and he can be trusted to sustain us. We can have assurance when we face the enemies of life We might not have someone wanting to hunt us down and kill us like David did in Saul, but we face enemies and mountains and challenges in life too. We face battles and things that may seem overwhelming, like we aren't sure how we are going to step in to the next day. But we can be reminded when we face those things that we face them with a God who is unshakable, unchanging and faithful that we can rest in God as our strength, our shield, and our rock. These verses remind us that there is not one thing greater than our God. It's poetic artistry. It's not fuzzy, hopeful concepts that the psalmist is using. These are grounded in the reality of David's experience of who God is. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God of David is the God who loves and pursues us, who is our strength, our shield, and our rock. God was all of these things to David, and David stopped to thank him for that. We can look back on other stories and other Psalms, like I said, and see the times where David cried out to God in times of need, in times of lament, in times uh, of stress and of anger. 
And we too have those moments where we need to get on our knees and bring before God the things that are building up around us, the battles that we are facing, where we need to bring our requests before God. But it is also important that we have a habit of thanksgiving, that we don't just move from one prayer request to the other without stopping and giving God thanks for who he is and what he has done. And we can do that in the middle of the trials and we can do it when we've experienced the triumph of deliverance just like David. I believe that we can be challenged by David's intent of thanksgiving and we can be encouraged by his content in these first three verses where he talks about who God is for him because God is the same yesterday, today and forever. David's testimony was shaped by who God is rather than what David faced. What does it look like for our testimony to be shaped by who God is rather than just the things that we walk through? What does it look like for us to stop and to give thanks? My encouragement to us today, my challenge to you in the same way it's a challenge to myself is to give thanks to give thanks to God. Whether you are in the middle of a testing season where it feels like the battles you're facing are overwhelming, or whether you've experienced the triumph of deliverance, whether you've seen God answer the prayers that you have got on your knees to pray before Him, my encouragement to you is to give thanks. We have so much to be thankful to God for. We have so much that we can give Him thanks for, yet, As people, we can get so busy moving from one thing to the next that we forget to stop and thank God for who he is and what he has done. I wanna encourage you to give thanks today. What is it right now that you can give thanks to God for? What is it in your testimony of what has happened maybe in the last 12 months, maybe in the last decade that you can give thanks uh, to God for? And what is it in God's character that you can thank him for? Maybe today God has been your strength and you can identify that in what you've walked through over the last year. Thank him for being your strength. Maybe God has been your rock or your fortress or your shield or your deliverer. Stop and thank him for that today. You know, the, uh, and if we have experienced God in our life, we can be encouraged through scripture because the same God that was at work in David's life is at work in our life today. We can see God at work in so many different ways. We can see him at work through scripture and through uh, our lives and through the lives of others, those that we do community with. God provided for David and in the same way he provides for us. And the ultimate example we have of that is Jesus. When we look to our Savior, we see the flesh and blood embodiment of the care and the provision that God showed to David, of his strength, his shield, his rock. We have Jesus that we can thank God for, that we can thank God for our salvation and who Jesus is for each of us. Psalm 18 encourages us to have an intent of thanksgiving and the content reminds us of who God is. So let's be challenged today. 
Let's be challenged this week. Let's be challenged in 2022 to build a habit of thanksgiving for our first response in the middle of a trial, for our first response when we see breakthrough and deliverance to be one of gratitude and thanksgiving. Just like it's a reflex, if someone gives you something that you respond, oh, thanks, or thank you, or ta, what would it look like if we had a response, a first response, or a reflex that we stopped to thank God for who he is and what he has done. Scripture commands us to give thanks and we should make a habit of it. Let's, be, let's not be self-centered. Let's not be so focused on ourselves or our to-do list or on the tasks that are ahead of us or the prayer requests that we have that we don't stop to thank God for who he is and for the ones that he has answered. Let's have a posture of thanksgiving. And let's not get caught in the comparison trap, looking at others around us and seeing how God has been at work in their lives, that we're too busy looking out that we forget to look in and see how God has been at work in our own life. As I said earlier, this idea of creating of a habit of thanksgiving has been one that um, I've wanted to have in my own life this year. It's a challenge for myself. And I have a friend who is really good at this. In fact, when I share with her stories of what's been happening in my life, and sometimes they're just regular things that are going on, she often says the words, praise God, or give thanks to God, or thank you, God. And sometimes for me, those words that she says are a reminder that I haven't stopped to thank God for the things that he has done. I've been too busy bringing the next list of requests before him. I've been too busy going from thing to thing, event to event, Um, work to home, that I've missed seeing God in the details. I've missed seeing him at work. And I love the way that she encourages me and reminds me to look up and to thank God. That she literally just says the words, praise God, and it's this reminder to my heart that I haven't done that. And my hope is that in 2022, when she says that, I will have already thanked God for those things, that it will be a habit in my life. And not only that, but I will be someone that can encourage others to do the same. I wanna be someone that can stand uh, in my life group or stand with a bunch of people after church and they're sharing a story of something that's happened at work or at home. And I say, hey, praise God. As a reminder, that we can thank God for those things. I wanna be someone that helps others see God's goodness at work, to see his character and reminds others to thank God in the same way I hope that I have a community around me who can do that and that I can create a daily habit of that. What would that look like for you in 2022? To be someone that daily comes before God in thanksgiving, that does simply give thanks. It gives thanks to God among the tests and the trials, but also gives thanks to God in the triumphs as well. What would it look like to build that into your life as a daily habit? And maybe that involves sitting around the dinner table each night and sharing a list of things that you're thankful for, and as a family, praising God and thanking God for that. Maybe it's a conversation with yourself in the car as you drive to work, just listing off those things that you are thankful for to God. I know for me, one of the things I wanna do is uh, set a reminder on my phone so that every day at a specific time, this reminder comes up that just says, give thanks. 
And I'm hoping that setting something like that in place will help me create and build a habit of giving thanks that whether I'm sitting in a meeting, whether I'm uh, at home, no matter what I'm doing, there's that reminder that I can stop and give thanks to God, that I can give thanks to God whether my day is really terrible and I feel like things are just really hard, but I can also give thanks on the days where I've seen deliverance and I've seen God at work. What does it look like for you to build a habit of thanksgiving this year? What would it look like for your family to build a habit of thanksgiving? And what would it look like if we as a church family encouraged one another to give thanks? If we regularly took the time before church, after church, after coffee, uh, having coffee, in our life groups, uh, when we catch up, if we share our testimony of seeing God at work in the big and the little things, I believe that we will be encouraged to give God the praise and the glory, to give Him the thanks that He deserves, to give Him the thanks that we are commanded in Scripture to do. So today, what is your testimony of thanksgiving? What are you thankful for? No matter what your day or your week has been like, what is it that you have seen God do in the last week or even as you reflect on last year? are you thankful for? And what in God's character are you thankful for? I love the first three verses of this psalm that go on to describe who God is to David. And there are so many other words we can use to describe God's character. What is it today? What's that one thing that you are thankful for? Maybe it's God's faithfulness in a season where everyone else around you seemed like they were unfaithful to you. Maybe it's the hope that you can have because of Jesus and the salvation that you have through Him. Maybe you are thankful for God's peace because in a season where it feels like the waves are crashing around you and it's just a difficult time to walk through, you are thankful that God is your peace. We have a slide that comes up and it's similar to the wording in this Psalm. And I just want you to reflect on this for a moment. I'm gonna ask you to share with anyone else around you. But how would you finish this sentence today? It says, I love you, Lord, my fill in the blank. What's God to you today? What's the song of thanks that is building in your heart for who He is and what He has done? Let's be a people that gives thanks regularly. Let's be a people that stop and thank God for the prayers that He's answered, but also the things that He is doing and will continue to do in our lives. Let's give thanks to Him for who He is to us. And let's be people that encourage one another to give thanks when we can get caught up in the motions of life. My encouragement to you is to give thanks. We're gonna sing a song in a minute that talks of the goodness of God and whether you wanna sing those words along with the team or let them be sung to you, I encourage you in your heart just to bring before God a prayer of thanksgiving. It might look similar to finishing that sentence. You might have a list of things you wanna give God thanks for. Maybe they're things that you've already thanked Him for today. Maybe you've already thanked Him for this week. Or maybe like me, you can sometimes get so caught up in the day-to-day life that you forget to thank God for the prayers He's already answered. Why don't you join me and stand? I'd love to pray for us and then we're going to sing. 
God, I thank You that You are always at work. I thank You for the book of Psalms, for uh, the words in these songs. God, I thank You for the people that took the time to write the words of what was on their heart. And I wanna thank You specifically today for Psalm 18. God, we can read about the trials and the tests that David went through, but I thank You for his example in stopping and thanking You of bringing You praise and thanksgiving. God, I pray that we will be challenged by David's intent of thanksgiving and we will be encouraged by his content of who You are. God, I thank You that You are our strength, our shield, our rock, our fortress, our deliverer. God, may we know those things to be true in our own lives right now. God, as we sing and declare the words in this song, may we bring before You prayers of thanks. May we be people, may we be people that stop and give thanks in all seasons and all circumstances. May we encourage others to do the same. And God, I pray for those that may be standing here today and can't identify You at work in their life. God, maybe they feel distant from You and they haven't seen You at work in the last bit, or maybe there's people that haven't yet entered into a relationship with You and are just struggling to see You at work. God, I pray that they will be able to stand on the truths of this Scripture, that they will be able to stand on David's words of who You are and that You will just be at work in their hearts, reminding them that You are the same yesterday, today and forever. In the same way You were David's rock, strength and shield, You are theirs. So God, we declare in this place that You are good. We ask that You fill us with Your love in this place and that out of our hearts will pour songs and prayers of thanksgiving. We give You thanks for all that You have done, all that You will continue to do and who You are. In the mighty Name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes to our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.